Welcome to Spike's Podcast, where we reflect on the joy of running amidst the joy of life. Colors play, colors make my home well, good morning, everybody. It's um, Wednesday, the 3rd of May, 2017. Uh, significant, because I'm actually making a recording for Spike's today, so that's... Uh, a rather unusual activity for me these days I'm sad to say and uh, it's also my 63rd birthday <laughs> so happy birthday to me a little bit breezy today so I hope you're not getting too much wind noise also actually quite cool so I'm just, uh, just taking an easy trot my fairly standard five kilometer loop. Um, yeah, there's really quite a few things to, to catch up with. I haven't spoken for a while. Um, let me tell you about today firstly. Uh, just a nice relaxed day for me. Uh, Gina has gifted me a, uh, something I was really wanted and she knew wanted to update my iPad and uh, she very kindly bought me an iPad Pro so uh, a new toy to play with today um, one of the key drivers to update was that previously I'd uh, just gone for a, a 16 gig iPad which I really love it's such a great device but um, yeah 16 gigs these days it ain't big enough just uh, was constantly filling up I was constantly having to shuffle software and stuff I had in storage so gone for 128 gigs this time um, how long before I'm saying it's not big enough but anyway I'm sure it's gonna be very useful for uh, a few years my usage anyway um, and yeah just a nice relaxed day I'm gonna go to dinner tonight and I thought do you know what good day just to record catch up with some of you guys around the world if, if anybody still listens <laughs> and actually I do know a couple of people um, very kindly sent me submissions and uh, I really in due respect to them 
need to get those on the air too. Uh, today, I'm going to share a recording from Honest Jim. So, uh, that'll be a little bit later in the program. Um, so today, let me tell you what's been happening. Uh, firstly, well, I was going to say the more uh, I can't describe the darker side of the last few months. Actually, it was. Uh, I'll tell you now. It was a, a reasonable outcome. So, uh, despite the worry we had, you know, we're now continuing to look forward. And uh, the problem occurred earlier this year, where we were skiing, and um, a lovely, just an amazing week in Austria. Well, they'd had a good fall of snow before we went, so we arrived to a, a great snow base, and then a whole week with during the day not one cloud in the sky but every day we were skiing it was just gorgeous and the weather the sorry the temperatures were still holding at you know kind of minus five so the snow remained and uh, yeah great week but Gina was experiencing um, back pain. Now, you know, like, like many of us you get to our age, you're kind of living with back pain. But this was, this was in a new site. And, uh, and it was debilitating. And more sinister was the thought that and you know, this is um, a strong indicator for secondary cancer spread so uh, when we got back we got back into the the system and uh, a couple of hiccups but finally got to see surgeon again and uh, to be reassured that there was no sign of cancer spread thankfully thankfully um, we somewhat bizarrely discovered that it is bone degeneration um, you know, another problem for Gina to manage but as I think you can imagine a bizarre sense of delight that it was only in inverted commas bone degeneration it wasn't what we feared it might be so uh, 
sigh of relief there and able to to look forward again um, so then something for for me to think about um, before my surgery in January of 2014 um, my running had been going really quite well and uh, I would consider you know quite happily just running home from Gina's mother's home you know just as a oh I'll do that today type thought and it was yeah pretty bang on half marathon distance 13 miles quite hilly but you know just would do it and since surgery I have continued to run as you would be well aware um, but struggled struggled a bit to uh, just feel very very strong with my running certainly my speed fell way back and uh, I think I struggled a bit with confidence over the distance so this year I've kind of decided I'm gonna try to get some speed back a little bit just a bit you know you know my age from today so I know I'm fighting that uh, sands of time issue and you know I can't hope to be as fast as I once was but I just want to feel a bit more uh, a bit more as if uh, I'm pushing for my speed uh, and so to that end I've been using the treadmill a lot to uh, uh, give me very regulated training also has the immense benefit of um, just a more sprung surface and so I feel uh, uh, suddenly feel less the effect that I get when pounding the roads and I'm afraid with my running pounding is not an accurate description uh, so that has gone quite well I'm not sure how much I trust the absolute figures the uh, my treadmill gives me but I can at least use it comparatively and uh, by that I mean you know after surgery I recovered it 
10 kilometers an hour running pace and uh, then slowly and steadily thank you I worked that up uh, to a comfortable pace of 11.4 kilometers per hour and uh, now I'm uh, I'm using my regular pace for running on the treadmill um, is up at 12 kilometers now so very much on the the cusp of eight minute miling uh, you know it's not not very fast but it is faster than I had been settling into and uh, you know I I'm doing lots of variation um, either changing pace or and or incline so it's all feeling good today I'm on the road and uh, you know I'm huffing and puffing recording for you but I have just eased the pace back to comfortable comfortable trot so that I can keep speaking uh, when I uh, set off the uh, it was cloudy and as a, a northerly breeze as northeasterly and for us that means cold it just felt just a wee bit chilly We've had some nice, yeah, some pleasant spring weather. So, uh, previously to today, I mean, so today I just put on a long sleeve top, Kelly Henson shirt, and uh, and my gilet because I knew I'd been taking it pretty steady. Didn't want to feel chilled. Uh, now, of course sun's come out <laughs> it's lovely just really delightful but uh, if I was going any quicker I would be struggling a bit with the heat so back to my running um, so pace is work in progress um, what about distance? Well, I decided that what I would do is um, enter the Yeovil half marathon again. Uh, so it's on my doorstep. Um, around 2,000 runners. So, you know, not a bad size, but not huge. Um, good local feel. And I was like, yeah, that's a good, good one to, uh, to give it a try again. And uh, one thing about it, you know, it's been going a few years now. The original route was a little flatter 
except for one big climb in it and uh, I've now changed it so that we get quite a quite a hilly first two miles then just undulating out to about eight and then there's about three miles of really you know quite quite demanding hills um, certainly you know it makes you makes you huff and puff up there uh, so I thought well new course we'll see how that goes uh, and the other thing that that happened I think I've explained before that I'm a uh, a member of a particular Facebook group for ostomy well we call it ostomy lifestyle athletes so these are people around the world who live with a stoma yeah, typically like me a colostomy or, or an ileostomy or um, a urostomy and there are other less common forms and uh, I have to say that this is a um, it's a mechanism that for people in our particular group the Ostomy Lifestyle Athletes we see it as a mechanism for giving us access again to an important component of our lives namely our fitness and and I'm afraid for many stoma patients uh, they view it as a, a very negative thing you know, it's yeah, it's, you know, there's some uh, management issues. You have to deal with your body's waste products. Um, and you have to accept that this device is part of your being. But actually, if you can, get beyond that then you know it becomes easily manageable and uh, for me anyway and others um, so I knew that some offers to me lifestyle athlete friends were also going to run the Yeovil half marathon so great opportunity for me to and since they were travelling, Gina and I just put on a, a bit of lunch. So we had the uh, the joy of meeting people face to face, who most of whom I'd not met previously. Actually, no. Thinking about it, I have briefly met two of them. I know one of them well, 
and we had two other friends along who I'd not met before but with you know, sort of partners and and a gentleman brought his daughter along who ran a storming run um, but you know, it's just great to to meet the weather was kind we sat out in the garden and ate and drank together and and that was a joy so what about the run well I'd run all of it in bits I mean in separate sections um, never the complete route but I knew you know if you tried to blast at the start you were going to set yourself up for some problems later so nice easy first two miles settled in then for the next five saw Gina at about, at about five miles on the roof um, and then then onto the hills uh, thank you and uh, yes I knew they would be demanding but I kind of just settled my pace and worked through them then uh, kind of got to the 11 mile mark very long downhill towards the finish which was it was good but you know I was quite tired by then um, and then just in the last half mile slight rise before downhill through the crowd at the finish I didn't check my watch at any point I thought I'm doing this to finish not to set some sort of time and uh, I would have to admit to a smile of pleasure when I crossed the line in 159.35 you know it's strange how getting just under certain time markers feels significant but it did feel significant just to tuck under the two hours um, it was a great feeling to just to run that distance again uh, I think it's surprising the uh, the long-term recovery from surgery that one has to face but uh, I do feel that you know three and a third years on um, yeah I'm I'm getting there um, and I feel I can look forward to more running with joy in in times to come so I hope uh, much the same 
can be said for you guys too. Uh, I think we all have challenges and goals. Life for those of us who are comfortably placed in the first world is is relatively straightforward at the moment um, we don't have to worry where our next meal is coming from or indeed our next bit of clean water it's all there for us but you know challenges arise uh, for us because we run we frequently think of physical challenges but I'm sure some of you will have emotional challenges too and and mental challenges you know um, despite our relative comfort life is not always as kind as it might be so I simply wish you well I hope you find strength when you search for it I hope that you are able to look outwards and see beauty and enjoy support and friendship from those who are near to you and those of us who are more further afield but we still I believe think about each other a lot we care for each other <sighs> okay so I've got a slight rise here just in the last uh, 500 meters of my run um, kind of told you headlines that have happened one other delightful time uh, just at the start of April we um, Gina and I went to Barcelona just for a couple of days Barcelona in Spain um, we're not really city people but if you're going to go to a city uh, Barcelona is a good one um, the art the, the sheer exuberance of the art in that city is extraordinary um, but we had a, a different purpose um, Gina's uh, first marriage to Rob um, their best man was Don uh, they were all living in Cambridge and Don was from Canada and uh, yeah, with the joy of the web Gina's been able to stay in touch with Don but she hadn't seen him for we think around 36 years and uh, 
Don and his wife were over in Spain. His wife Linda teaches art and she was running a course and uh, having spent a period in the south of Spain they were returning to Canada by a few days in Barcelona now let's be honest it's a whole lot easier for us to get to Barcelona than it is to get to Canada so a great opportunity for us to meet up and just have a lovely couple of days um, enjoying each other's company and enjoying that city um, I don't think Canada is outside our scope indeed we've talked of it being one of the places we want to go to but perhaps one of the one of the downsides is that we have friends in different parts of Canada and as you Canadians know you live in a big country so we would have the challenge of who to see where to travel to um, but not beyond the the wit that's for sure um, and just as a final kind of postscript to that story on Monday of this week 1st of May um, had a pub lunch with three old naval colleagues we served in 819 squadron together um, I was the it's my first engineering job I was assistant engineer and uh, there was my friend Nigel who was the senior pilot my friend Roger who was another pilot there and Don who was an observer uh, naval pilot for a navigator and um, yeah, Don is a Canadian and he was over visiting and again you know, I haven't seen Don since 1986 so it was a great chance just to sit around the table and one little observation I can never stop talking can I but one little thought yeah we were there with each with our wives and um, I think we're all people who would generally not see gender split you know we would um, just intermingle on the table and chat um, but on this one occasion the four guys were at the bar getting drinks before we sat down and the four wives sat all together at one end of the table and us four chaps the other end and actually, do you know what, it, it worked out really well because, um, not that we didn't speak to each other across the genders, but you know, the four guys, of course, we were, to use a naval phrase, swinging the lantern, telling stories, spinning shit, you know, that sort of thing. And um, just remembering times and remembering people. And the four wives just had a great chance, particularly for Gina, who'd not met the other three before, um, had an opportunity to... Uh, to just talk about their lives with each other and Gina said it was a remarkably uh, delightful and refreshing lunch where she learned lots of things and, and enjoyed these people's company so you know I'm not saying you should never split genders I just think it's um it's a you know horses for courses you do what's right at the time kind of thing I've waffled on enough now guys so what I'm going to do I'm going to hand over to Honest Jim uh, just for his his uh, submission 
And next time I record, I've got another submission from David Foss that I'd like to uh, like to include in that one. And David, I'll try not to make it too long between those two recordings. So Jim, over to you. Hi Peter, and all the Spikes listeners. Uh, it's uh, James Calling, uh, also known as Honest Jim. Uh, sorry, it's been quite a while actually. Um, been off the radar. I hope all is well with everyone, um, especially you, Peter, um, your health um, and your love of running. Um, where to start? Gosh, it's it's been a long and um, interesting training cycle for me. Um, last time I left a message was around Christmas time, I think. That was sort of a reflection on um, the 12 months sort of past at the time. And um, I was sort of looking forward at that stage towards a spring half marathon uh, leading on to um, Silverstone half marathon, leading on to um, Brighton marathon, uh, which would then lead on to my uh, A goal which was a Thames Path 100. Um, where to start? Again, I say where to start. <laughs> um, it, it, my training up until about seven or eight weeks ago was going really well. Um, I'd chosen to not run the Brighton Marathon hard. Uh, it was just going to be another uh, long run in my preparation for the Thames Path 100. And, yeah, everything was going quite well, like I said, until seven or eight weeks ago. And um, then I, I've had a niggle um, on my left knee for, if I'm honest, <laughs> which I should be, honest, Jim, um, I'd say a good three years I've had, a, I've had a niggle on my knee. And I've uh, ignored it. It's come and gone. Um, for you know races when when I've when I've trained hard you know it's been sore on occasions I've had to have ice on it and all that but uh, I've been able to sort of ignore it um, and um, yeah so that's that's sort of how I've been for the last sort of three years it's never been too bad but in this training cycle uh, I'd say it was around about February time. Uh, where I'd done a few big runs and my knee was sore. It, it was only sore. Pain-wise, I sort of give it a 5 out of 10, sort of on the pain scale. And I went out on one run. It was only going to be a, a six-mile run. And as soon as I started running, a quarter of a mile into the run, the knee pain was really it sort of shot up to a 7 8 out of 10 sort of pain ratio and rather that I should have just stopped and walked home but now I I thought right okay give it a mile push through maybe 2 miles push keep pushing through a sort of 3 miles you think yeah this is uncomfortable every step but you know that's that's running you know um if I can't push through on a small 6 miler how am I going to do 100 so I pushed through all the way onto 6 miles and uh, every step hurt 
and then the day after, I'd say the pain was non-stop. It wasn't just when I was running, it was when I was just doing anything, even when I was just laying in bed, the pain was there all the time. Um, quite high, I had to sleep, tried to sleep with a pillow beneath between my knees. Uh, every time you moved, it would hurt and it would keep you up and, you know. In the end, I decided two things. I actually decided I've got to go and see a GP, uh, a doctor. Um, so I, I booked in to see a doctor. Saw a doctor. I'd actually looked on the internet, you know, like as you do, you sort of self-analyse your, your your things. And, and I, I thought it could be a couple of things. I thought it could be um, ligament uh, tear. Uh, it could be... Um, um, a menis uh, there's a there's a thing in your knee called a meniscus, uh, and I thought that that could be torn or, or started to wear, uh, and I thought or it could be a cartilage, um, sort of leaky cartilage as well, because um, it the feeling I have is on the inside of my knee, and it literally it's as if bone is grinding on bone sometimes. Um, it's very difficult to uh, ignore. Uh, it's just it's crazy sort of um, pain really localised to one little small area um, and so I went to the doctor uh, I, know, I know doctors have um, a, a very broad range of um, medical knowledge so they're, they're never going to be a specialist in one area I and mean, I honestly felt that with a couple of hours research on the internet about knees, I felt as if I knew as much as this GP did about blimmin' knees. It, it, it was a bit of a waste of time, really. All she gave me was painkillers and said, go on this course of painkillers for about three uh, weeks. I mean, the pain, the pain, she gave me, I absolutely ended up with tons and tons of pills. And um, she said, after that, you know, um, we'll, we'll see. You might need a cortisone injection, which again is just another painkiller. Uh, what I really wanted, and I, I did ask, but she wanted me to do this course of painkillers first. What I really wanted was a soft tissue scan, you know, to sort of tell me what was wrong. I, uh, last thing I wanted was painkillers. That doesn't really solve anything. Still, but uh, I brought the painkillers home and took the um, dosage for quite a long time. It done nothing. It really didn't even dull the pain. All I felt was um, really sort of drowsy all the time because this pain medication I was on um, didn't kill the pain at all. Um, I didn't run. Um, I um, uh, sort of tried to walk, but yeah, I was just in total pain. I had to pull out of my half marathon, uh, give that to a, a friend who, who, I know this is a bit naughty, but he ran as me, um, you know, so uh, I... I because he was in a build-up for his first marathon, which is uh, London. So he ran as me with that, and um, he said to me, oh, I'll pay for the amount, you know, how much did you pay? And I said, well, just to donate it to the charity you're running for in, in London, you know, so so that was that was sort of okay, I think. Um, but uh, in the end, I actually paid to go to a physio myself, because on the NHS, NHS is great if... Um, if you're in emergency, medical emergency, and probably if you've got some sort of, you know, terminal illness, I think um, NHS is 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 amazing. Um, but if you've got a sporting injury, 
Um, I think they're pretty well. I, I th in my experience, they 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 come up short. So I paid for um, a private physio, um, which turned out to be about forty-five pounds per um, sort of visit. And again, I'd looked on the internet, you know, of um, what what you know I thought was wrong and the physio involved. And I went to see this this lady who who I think seemed seemed really good at the time, and she gave me a few exercises to do and. Just again, just by, by by feeling it, she said yes. She she believed that her uh, in her healing hands that she believed that uh, my meniscus was wearing thin. Uh, that's just above your cartilage on the inside of my knee, and there's nothing you can do about it. If there's a tear, it might repair. But if it's wearing thin, it's wearing thin. Bad luck, uh, unless you're going to go for um, surgery. And uh, again, I wanted a, a, a scan. Um, I never even got to the stage of finding out how much a scan would cost. Um, but she she told me to do a few exercises, and that's when I actually hit the pool um, for a lot of pool um, walking. So by this stage, I really wasn't doing much running at all, but I was doing a lot of um, you know pool um, exercises. So I'd walk up and down a pool. Um, luckily for me, my wife actually um, is a swim teacher, so I uh, I have a gym membership, uh, a Virgin. Um, so if you time it right, um, you can go and virtually have. Usually, there's about three people in a pool. Um, sometimes you get uh, the aqua, uh, the, the the sort of s uh, senior ladies um, have two lanes of the pool doing the aqua aerobics, but the other three lanes of the pool. Um, usually they're, they're pretty much empty if you time it right and so I can sort of walk up and down the pool for a good hour and get at least a mile sort of walking of, of sort of lunging um, side sort of walk side steps and um, reverse sort of walking uh, which is all great sort of um, easy low no impact sort of physio on my knee um, and I don't know if it really gives me much fitness, but it certainly sort of gives my legs a, a bit of a workout uh, with, with low risk, no risk really, of any further sort of injury. So I'd done that in the build-up uh, to um, Brighton Marathon that was um, uh, approximately two weeks ago. Um, and uh, I, I sort of... I had got advice from a few people saying, "Don't, don't run it." You know what? What you're going to achieve? You know, it was only a slow, slow marathon. But in the end, I, I decided to run it. But the, I mean, the family and I we, we were all booked in to uh, stay at a camping uh, place, and we, we, I, at the end of last year, I'd actually bought a camper van. So we were all very excited to have our first sort of family trip in the camper van, and um, and that went brilliantly. Um, I changed my goals in Brighton. Um, it's always going to be slow, but I thought, well, I'll go out even slower. I thought I'm going to go find the 4.30 pacer and um, four hours, 30 minutes pacer and just stick with them. And absolutely just sort of go really easy. Now, it's funny because this year's Brighton Marathon actually turned out to be the hottest day of the year uh, it, it got up to around 25 degrees, uh, which is, well, that's 50, about 80 uh, for all you Yanks sort of listening out there. 
Um, so it was pretty warm. Uh, I know that's for some some of you uh, who who sort of you, especially your Texans. Um, you know you don't think that's warm, but when you've trained throughout all the winter and spring, and all of a sudden the uh, race day temperature is a good ten degrees Celsius hotter. Uh, you know, so was uh, you know warmer than what you've trained at. I mean, it does sort of catch a lot of people out. Uh, I was actually training with my um, pack, you know, my ultra pack. Um, so luckily for me, I had two 500ml bottles in the front of it, uh, which would come in very handy because on the marathon itself, they were given drinks out um, just in cups, paper cups, where in the past they've given out bottles. Now, uh, I know it's probably a cost or environmental reason they sort of give out paper cups, but... On this occasion, I think it was a real bad mistake because when you receive a cup, even if you take a two cups of drink uh, on per sort of water station, you have to drink it there and then. Even if you walk the water stations, you can't run with it because you'll just splosh it all over the place because it's in a cup. Now, even though there were water stations, I'd say every approximately every four miles, that means four miles with no, no drink and it was warm and even, uh, the people at the water stations done a great job but they really couldn't keep up with the demand um, I did actually hear later on that a few had actually sort of run out of water um, but the, the guys were really trying to keep up but for the best will in the world they couldn't keep up with the demand of people needing water now I, although I had my two bottles I'd walk every eight, uh, water station um, drink at least one cup probably put one cup in my hat and then put it over my head um, and then sort of jog on now I ran just ahead of the um, 4.30 pacer because it was quite a big group around the 4.30 pacer so I, I tended to run about 20 to 30 yards in front of them and done the whole race like that um, I was a little bit anxious because I wasn't running for a fast time I was a little bit anxious that I'd sort of not enjoy it so much but it's funny because I actually loved it I loved the atmosphere um, I was high-fiving kids I was actually high-fiving OAPs you know there, there, there was a couple of care homes that had put brought out all the OAPs to sort of watch in seats and I, I really slowly walked down giving all these um, old folks high-fives and I really did enjoy it I stopped at all the little kids giving out jelly babies and oranges to sort of you know, thank them for their, for their, for their sort of um, uh, offerings, you know, to the runners. And uh, he absolutely loved, loved it. Saw my wife and my kids uh, two or three times on the um, course. And this time I actually sort of stopped and chatted with them, certainly on, on, on the final time I saw them, for, for about a minute, you know, because in past times I've been trying for a sub 315 so literally you know you're grinding out you know for me that's fast for every well I couldn't even do it now but you know so you are really you can't stop you might, you might sort of look at them and give a bit of a wave but you're sort of watching your clock and you're sort of powering on all the time so running nice and easy I was actually able to sort of see them give them a quick hug quick, quick kiss and then sort of you know sort of move on and, and I was sort of able to enjoy the whole of the race my knee uh, it spoke to me a couple of times that it was like yeah we're a bit sore now but if I'm 
being honest, I wouldn't say the pain got above sort of a three out of ten, you know, and that was only in the last few miles. Um, I ran just ahead, like I said, of the 4.30 pace until about mile 23-ish, where I sort of write, okay, I'll push on a tiny bit, not stupidly, but push on a tiny bit. Um, my race time, I think, was oh, 4.26 and change. Um, and it was really lovely, really lovely. Um, Brighton, I mean, because that, that, it was so hot, the the support, the crowds that come out, hundreds of thousands of people, it was it was mad. Um, the one negative thing with Brighton, uh, on the it's on the UK, on the south coast, on the on um, in the UK, and it's uh, the course sort of skirts up and down the sea quite a lot. There's a lot of a few out and backs, but it does make once you finish, you're on on the side of the sea, but to get back. Uh, anywhere into Brighton itself, there's only about two road crossings, and with the amount of people, you've got one bridge, and then you've got one sort of um, crossing where they'll you let a few people over at a time. Um, so that proves to be a logistical nightmare. Not only meeting up with your family, that's difficult, um, but then getting back to to get anywhere is really tricky. Um, so that was one negative on the day, but the the rest of it really really enjoyable. Now, that was a week and a half ago, um, and I thought I'd have almost a week off running after it, because I've, you know, I'm in between now. Uh, it's approximately, I'm rubbish with dates, but it's approximately 18th of April now, and I've got a week and a half to go until my London, uh, my Thames Path 100 miler. Now, it's actually 103 miler, 103 miles, but who's counting? Um, it's from Richmond in London up to Oxford, follows the Thames Path, uh, which is all along the Thames, as, as you can imagine. Um, it's not hilly. Um, it's a great starter, 100, although some people say that it's a, sort of negative because you can, hills make you walk, you know, so that you'll get to a hill and usually you'll take on fluids, you'll take on food. Um, basically, you, you know, that's that's a a point of which we say right this is, I'm allowed to walk now so but the Thames path is pretty much pretty much flat all the way I think I think you've got a slight incline all of the way but we're talking zero point something you know because obviously that you're going against the flow of the Thames so there is a small incline but I don't think you'd be able to see it you know um, with your naked eye um, if you look at the profile at the end of the race, yeah, I'm sure there's a, there's a climb, but it's nothing you'll you'll notice. Um, God, I went out for a six mile run two days ago. Um, no, so six mile run. It was six mile out and back. So so no, twelve mile run. Sorry, um, and it was at night. I thought I'll run with my pack. Everything in my pack I need, head torch on, everything, because I haven't run at night for a long time. And I went out and I was okay. But on the on the way back, I, I really felt fatigued. Uh, and um last couple last two or three days now since that run, my knee is hurting again like crazy. Now, instead of um Actually, I'm I'm gonna go to I'm gonna do a little more physio in the pool, um, but 
I'm just tired at the moment. Um, I work a strange shift at, 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 at pattern at, at my where I work. I do two weeks of days and then two weeks of nights, and I am the worst person in the world for working on a night shift. Uh, I never get enough sleep. On average, I get sort of three or four hours sleep. You know, when I'm working in between my night shifts. Um, so that really fatigues you. However, I try and sort of look at it on a positive note and sort of see, think this is great sleep deprivation training for the race, you know, because in my 100 I will be running for the, for the night. How many people get to, you know, do as much sleep deprivation training as I do? Basically no one. So uh, that's trying to put a good spin on it. Um, I've got two nights. I'm working tonight and I'm working tomorrow night. And then I'm back on my cycle of days. So that's good because come the race, my sleep cycle, I'll be back to normal. So at least I'll be back to getting a decent night's sleep in preparation. So I've got a week and a half to go before it. Um, <laughs> everything inside me says you're a Muppet, you should cancel, you shouldn't run. Um, it's a hundred. It's over a hundred miles. How on earth are you going to be able to do it? Uh, and it's really difficult. Um, I've. I can't defer it. I think the race. I think it cost around 130 pounds. I don't know what that equates to in dollars nowadays um, with the exchange rates. Um, I also paid a quite an expensive hotel. Um, which in Richmond, uh, you know, in London, are, that's non-fundable as well. And I know these are silly excuses because at the end of the day, it's 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 only money, and I could risk long-term damage on my knee. Ah, but I'm incredibly stubborn with myself, and I know that I make excuses. Uh, I've always made excuses about why not to do things and I so I I usually my excuses have been about a career change because I've not always been completely happy in my job so but my excuse to myself was always oh I'm I'm too old now to make a career change or I my salary is you know pretty good and I can't afford to move because if I move, I'll have to take a big pay cut and how can I afford, you know, to pay for my uh, family and my house and all that, you know, if I take a pay cut. So I'm, I am, to myself, I, I'm an excuse maker and I know that and, and I've never let myself make excuses in my races. I'm really tough on myself. Um, probably got a few demons chasing me um, in my running some people run towards things, some people run away from things. I think I'm a bit of both there. Um, so, I am running it. Um, my goal is to sort of, if I can get to halfway in daylight um, and then sort of speed walk through the night if I can, that's acceptable. At one stage, I wanted to finish before 24-hour cutoff. Um, in this race, I believe there's a 20... Well, I know there's a 28-hour cutoff. And now, if I can just survive 
and get to the finish, that's acceptable now in my head. I'm not putting any um, crazy sort of expectations on myself because of physically where I am. Um, there are cutoffs at each 10k uh, sort of um, aid station, so I've got to make sure I can sort of just stay ahead of them. Um, I'm very nervous. Uh, this is taper madness to the extreme. Um, I'm not really tapering because I haven't even done any miles. Uh, I've I've had more preparation when I've led, gone into like races of a fraction of the distance than what I have on this. I've got a good 10, 11 years and probably, probably more experience of doing long distance running. Now I'm hoping that counts for something. Uh, my fitness isn't brilliant, but I'm going to be going so slow. It's not like I'm not fit enough to run, you know, between a, a sort of 10, 30 and 12, 30 minute mile. You know, that's not fitness. Can my legs start, you know, keep me going for, for that amount of time on my feet? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm sorry if I'm, I'm a bit boring here. I know I'm going on a bit. I'm, um, so, Peter, if you think this is just waffle, don't use it. <laughs> um, I know you've edited yourself before when you when you find yourself waffling and going on and on, but this is the torment. I'm, I, I want to give people a little bit of an insight into the torment, you know, that we, we put ourselves through when we're biting off a little bit more than we can chew. And it's that sort of really feeling of complete and utter unease, worry, Oh, but I'm trying to tell myself, what's the worst that can happen, right? I go out, it's an aid station every 10k. I can feed myself. It, it's not as if I'm going across the blooming desert. You know, I will have the option of dropping at any 10k I want. Um, so, you know, that's that's okay. You know, that's okay. I can, I can, I can sort of push myself on. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a crazy amount of time off after this. There's really no races I'm actually entered in, and I might have a bit of a semi-retirement. Um, I've been thinking about sort of almost not quitting, but having a couple of months where I don't really do much at all. And when I do start to run again, I wouldn't mind starting from scratch, you know. So actually do what I should have done in the first place of build certain. Um, strength in certain muscles and ligaments so they're actually you know strong before I even start running uh, I might sort of just run as Peter says run run you know uh, run for fun and again and and just love try and fall in love with running again and if that's just doing sort of a short sort of 5k distance again you know really easy just sociably doing it, you know, with the park run. I mean, I've got a local park run close to me, which is a free 5K run every Saturday. Just concentrate on that sort of distance um, because I sort of feel certainly physically worn down by the pressure I've put on myself to run long distances. And, yeah, mentally it's obviously had an effect as well. Um, so after this, I, I'm looking forward I know this is wrong, this is very negative, but I'm looking forward to getting this out, out of the way in some respects, just so I don't have it looming over me. That's how it feels at the moment. Um, I've got a week and a half to go, 
I will record after it and you'll find out what happens after it. Now, whether Peter uh, puts out two podcasts, I don't know. You might find this is a rambling podcast that you think, God almighty, how long can he go on? <laughs> um, maybe Peter will merge this into two. I don't know. If, you, if, you, if that does happen, you haven't got long to wait for the outcome of my Thames Path 100. Gosh, I, if you never hear from me again, perhaps I died during the run and fell into the Thames and they're trying to find the body. <laughs> Hopefully not, um, but uh, one way or another, you will find out. So, Peter, I hope you and all the listeners are running with joy. I shall be occasionally trying to sleep, um, occasionally uh, running, uh, walking up and down the pool with joy, uh, probably next to the Aqualadies, uh, create a small tsunami as I'm, I'm sort of doing it with, um, with their music and they're jumping around. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, wish me luck and I'll catch you on the other side. Goodbye. Ah, Jim, thanks for, for your brilliant and, uh, kind of just very amusing, uh, stories. You, You tell a great tale. Um, I'm eager to hear perhaps a report on the the 100 mile run that you were involved in more recently um, given that you you attempted it with almost no training of running itself um, for some weeks uh, I would love to hear that tale I think it was one of you having to dig very deeply um, anyway perhaps you'll let us have a submission at some point if that's if that works for you to everybody else um, yeah uh, enjoy your day enjoy your week enjoy your life um, when you can, run with joy. If you can't, just enjoy whatever you can do anyway. Take great sustenance from the life you have. Okay, everybody. Bye-bye for now.